Good evening, church family. Thank you so much, uh, everyone, for all the encouragement uh, about uh, this morning. So glad that you were able to uh, worship with your families at home and that everything worked out where we could do that. Um, grateful for that. So thank you for your your encouraging feedback. Uh, this morning, I'll take a break from our normal Sunday evening study, um, the Gospel of Mark, and uh, turn our attention to Psalm 46. So if you've got a Bible handy and want to look along, Psalm 46. Uh, the Psalms, of course, are uh, one of the most uh, precious gifts we have in Scripture. Uh, God knows the complexities and confusions, the ups and downs of our circumstances and emotions. And the book of Psalms uh, just seems to address all the varied issues and and uh, burdens and concerns and, and feelings that we experience uh, in our lives. So uh, there's, a, there's a psalm, it seems like, for every season, uh, even every hour. And uh, one psalm that feels particularly comforting in this season is Psalm 46, Psalm I've been thinking about lately and uh, want us to think about together this evening. So let me read Psalm 46, uh, reading of course from the ESV says, uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The theme of this psalm, of course, you heard it in each of the three stanzas there, verses 1 through 3 make a stanza, verse 4 through 7 make a stanza, and verse 8 through 11 make a stanza. In each of those three stanzas, uh, we are reminded that God is our refuge. That's the key theme. Uh, you see it, of course, in the first line, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. You see it at the again at verse 7, the last line of the second stanza, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then you see it in the very last line of the psalm, verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The psalmist is reminding himself and reminding us that in troubled times, uh, we have a refuge. We have a fortress. We have a place, uh, a person to whom we can run and uh, be protected, be comforted. Uh, when we face troubles, when things get difficult, and uh, when the world seems to be turned upside down, the flimsy structures that we often flee to for comfort and help are exposed for the throwaway shacks that they truly are. Uh, 
we don't have right right now for example we don't have any new sporting events we don't have enough netflix or disney plus to keep everybody satisfied for weeks on end uh there's a concern being expressed that our healthcare system will not be able to demand, uh, meet the demands uh, that are about to be placed on it. Um, and all those things are good. Those institutions, sports are a good gift from God. Netflix and Disney Plus can be a good gift from God. Our healthcare system certainly a good gift from God. Uh, but they are not God. And they cannot be our ultimate refuge. And in times of great distress and and tumult, we recognize that the things that it's so easy for us uh, to trust in when things are going well, they're not able to bear us up when things go bad. Uh, So the psalmist is directing our attention back to our true refuge, the one who can truly sustain us and bear us up and protect us, and that is uh, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we're even told here that because God is our refuge, we will not fear even when the world is crumbling around us. Notice the therefore in verse 2. Because God is our refuge and strength, therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And that, that description of the earth giving way, of the mountains being moved into the heart of the sea, that might be you know, what we would call a, a hyperbole, an overstatement. But if it is, it's still describing the way things really feel when the world is, if not literally, at least figuratively, crumbling around us. We feel like the things that were stable, like the mountains, are crashing down. We uh, recognize the, uh, like for the Jews, the the sea was um, a dangerous place, right? A source of of fear. It was untamable. It was chaotic. Uh, And so the mountains are firm and immovable, but even they're crashing and the sea which is always sort of a scary place, um, is roaring and foaming. and um, There's chaos, there's danger, there's fear all around. And yet, David says, or excuse me, the sons of Korah who wrote this psalm, the sons of Korah say, but we're not going to fear. We're not going to fear, not because uh, there's nothing scary going on, those things are scary, but we're not going to fear because we know who our refuge is. We know who we're trusting in. The God who made the sea and who made the mountains is our refuge and strength. And so we have no reason to fear. So even when the world feels like it is collapsing, remember who your refuge is. Remember that our God will not fall or falter, but he will faithfully shield us in time of trouble. In uh, the next stanza, that's the first stanza. In the second stanza, the psalmists speak of what makes God's people different in the midst of these circumstances. Why should we not have the same fear as everybody else? Why should we not be panicking like everybody else? Why should we not be hopeless um, like so many others? And here's here's what they say. 
uh, in verses 4 through 7, is that in the midst of the calamities coming upon the earth, God's people are set apart. And what sets us apart is that God is dwelling in our midst. Now, the way they describe this, they're talking about the city of Jerusalem, which uh, during the Old Testament days was the location of the temple. And the temple, of course, was the dwelling place of God in the Holy of Holies. Uh, God uh, dwelt there over the Ark of the Covenant. That was the place where the high priest would come once a year into the very presence of God. And, uh, of course, for us, uh, living on this side of the cross, uh, we don't have to go to a physical temple to be in God's presence because one, Jesus has come as the fulfillment of the temple, as John tells us in John 1 and John 2, especially John 2, um, that Jesus is the temple. He is God dwelling among us as a man. And then second, when Jesus returned uh, to his father after his death and resurrection, then he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us so that now we as individual believers and as the church, we are the temple. Uh, you see that in 1 Corinthians 6 and Ephesians 2. Uh, we are the dwelling place of God. We are the temple. So what the psalmists were saying about the city of Jerusalem in the Psalms is now true of the church, not because the church has replaced the city of Jerusalem, but because what was true of Jerusalem, that God dwelt there, is now true of us, that God dwells in us. So it says, the stream, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. There's the key. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. So what makes a difference for Jerusalem, we've got the nations all around who are raging, their kingdoms are tottering, about to fall. Um, the earth is melting at the voice of the Lord. But uh, the psalmists say, but God is in our midst, and so our city is not going to be moved. God is going to help us. God is our fortress, the Lord of hosts, the God of heavenly armies, as some have translated it. Uh, the God of heavenly armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, our refuge, our strong tower. He's the one to whom we can run. So uh, we are different than the rest of the world, not because we're better or more moral or anything like that. We we are we are better in this or different to be different in the sense that uh, God has made us His and God has come to dwell with us and God has made certain promises to us to never leave us or forsake us to uh, always be with us. We we don't have any reason to fear, even though frightening things are going on all around us. Now he, it doesn't mean that these terrible things going on around us are not going to affect us. Uh, it doesn't mean that we are going to be exempt from the things that are going on around us. But it does mean that even in the midst of all these terrible things uh, going on, uh, we know that our God is in control, and we know that our God is working for our good, and we know that even if uh, something terrible does happen to us, that 
that terrible thing is not, one, not outside of God's control, and two, it's not going to have the last word. It's like what Jesus says in Luke 21, verses 16 to 18, uh, where he's warning his disciples about people hating them and some of the bad things that are going to happen to them and the conflict that's going to come as a result of the gospel. And he says to them, some of you they will put to death, but not a hair of your head will perish. Now, what does that mean? How can you be put to death and yet not a hair of your head perish? What Jesus is saying is, he's not saying Though everyone's going to protect you, everyone's going to hate you, I'm going to protect you and nobody will be able to harm you in the sense of you'll never go to jail, you'll never be persecuted, none of you will ever become martyrs for the faith. He doesn't say that, right? And that's not true. Many, many people have and still do suffer persecution for their faith from their families, coworkers, friends, uh, sometimes even from their government. Uh, many people have died and paid the ultimate price as witnesses uh, to the name of Christ. But what he's saying is, even if that happens, God will preserve you. Even if that happens, God is not going to let any ultimate harm come to you. You will not ultimately be destroyed. No hair of your head will perish because God will keep you. He will bring you into his presence and he will raise you from the dead to dwell in his presence forever. No ultimate harm will come to you. And that's the kind of thing that this psalm is saying. Look, we're in the midst of all this turmoil and and upheaval, but we have a refuge. We have a fortress. Our God is going to preserve us and protect us, not necessarily from anything touching us, but from anything doing us any ultimate harm. And then finally, in the last stanza, verses 8 and 11, we encounter these famous verses about being still and knowing that the Lord is God. It says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. That, I think, is probably pointing to the future. Uh, when God will will bring in an ultimate reign of peace and bring it in to all war and disaster and calamity. Um, And then it says in verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then that refrain again, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The psalm calls upon everyone to reckon with the reality of God. All the things that are going on in the world, all the decisions that governments make, all the ups and downs of markets and uh, the you know progress and recess of economies and uh, the uh, elections and wars and all these things that seem so big and they are significant but that seems so big that often fill our view so so that we forget that there is anything above us or beyond us the psalm says um we need to look up you need to quiet your mind and your heart and you need to remember that there is a god 
that there is a God who is in control of everything, that there is a God who is sovereign over all things, who's reigning over the universe, and that he will be honored, he will be exalted, he will be acknowledged among the nations and over all the earth. Uh, the God who uh, exists, right? The God who reigns, um, he is our fortress. And uh, he's saying, essentially, his kingdom will come on earth. As it, uh, you know, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we pray in the Lord's Prayer and we pray, uh, your kingdom come. Uh, what this psalm is saying is there, there's a day coming when God's kingdom will come. And when his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that God is the God who is for us, the God who is on our side, the God who preserves us, the God who is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. And so this psalm is a reminder for us that I know I I need, and I suspect many of us need, a reminder that in the midst of all the chaos and the craziness and everything that's going on, we need to stop and remember that God is there and that God is reigning over all and that nothing is outside of his control and that nothing has caught him by surprise and that he is with us and he is for us and he is our refuge. He is our hiding place uh, and there is no more secure place than that to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your powerful love, your uh, redeeming grace. And we pray, God, that your word would minister comfort to our hearts in a day when many of us are so anxious and uh, there's so much we don't know and there's so much we are being reminded is outside of our control. And uh, so we pray that you, through this time, God, you would refocus us, refocus our hearts, our minds, our lives, so that our trust truly is in you, uh, that we uh, don't get distracted by all the other things um, that compete for our allegiance, but that we remember that the only one who can truly and ultimately and forever uh, be a sure and certain refuge for us is you. Uh, we pray you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen.